you came out tonight early, aggressive. What was different for you tonight in terms of just setting the tone with your game in this game? Ball. 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 This is Orange Ball Juice, the show where I make my two teenage sons co-host a basketball podcast with me so they can tell their dad what to think about the NBA and hopefully help me win my fantasy pool. So, without further ado... Ball. Welcome to Orange Ball Juice, always fresh, never toxic, family-friendly b-ball blabber. My name is Brooks, and as always, I'm joined by my two household NBA analysts, my teenage sons, Spency G and Marky Man. How you doing, Spency? Doing really well. And Marky Man, how are you? I'm doing good. Oh, good. Great. Uh, one thing I want to get out of the way, uh, in the show intro, I say that the reason I make you guys host a podcast with me is so you can help me win my fantasy pool. First of all, that's not true. We do this podcast for fun, so it's kind of a joke. But even if it was true, um, the regular season is over, and it totally didn't work if, 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 uh, if it was, because I came in 10th out of 12. Now, I was in a rotisserie league, which means... Most people, I think, probably the casual fantasy players do head-to-head leagues. I think both of you guys are in a head-to-head league, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So I'm in a rotisserie league, which means you compete against all 12. In, like you're basically, I think we have 10 categories. Um, so you, you set your roster. You can do the usual stuff. You can do your trades. But it's not a weekly head-to-head matchup against somebody else. It's just you're, you're competing against everybody the whole time. And so and you're just fighting to win to finish first. So... I kind of learned the hard way, especially for a novice fantasy player like myself, that that's not, (laughs) it's very hard and it's not a whole lot of fun because once you get sort of like halfway through the season, the best players kind of rise to the top and the worst players started to settle to the bottom. And once you get to a certain point, you can't really climb back into contention anymore. So you're not really incentivized. And that's exactly what happened to me. Um, and and but anyway, there was it was still fun. I learned a lot about basketball, about fantasy, and uh, yeah, it was it was good. So I don't know if I'm going to do the same league again next year. I might do head to head, and maybe I'll compete in a league with you guys in a head to head league. Anyway, how did your fantasy team do, Spencey? Um, we went twenty and zero. And <laughs> what do you mean we? We. You, I'm the manager. I went right, twenty and zero, right. and my players also went twenty and zero. Twenty and zero. Holy and mackerel! I won the championship right so you straight up won yours uh wow well congratulations on that and what about you marky man my team um completely fell off uh we were like destroyed with injuries we want i was we were 14 1 i'm pretty sure like or 14 3 and then we won a losing streak end of the season in fourth Right. 14 and 6. I lost in the first round against a team that's not in cl- a way worse record. Right. Me, so, so who and uh how many how many players were in your league? I think 8 or 10 something like that. Right. So I think similar to me, Marky Man, I think you kind of just ultimately lost a bit of interest in it toward yeah. the end of the season because I know you weren't on, yeah. exactly on top of it. No. I know you had injury problems no. which are no. very difficult to overcome. Um, once, you know, I had, as, as I've, I, we used to talk about fantasy a lot at the beginning of the, the podcast because it was a lot more 
it was more fun because I, I it was new to me and stuff. But anyway, I had Zion and and also I had um, Booker was injured for a long period, and I also made some really dumb moves at the beginning of the season that I couldn't really overcome. So anyway, fantasy fun, but also can be really annoying and heartbreaking. And I'm not sure that rotisserie is for everyone, and I don't. I certainly don't think it's for the casual player. Yeah. Um, because, you know, with head-to-head, even if you have a losing record, but you say you're facing off one week against your friend and you win, you can still trash talk and still have fun that you yeah. won that week and it's a little more rewarding. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so, yeah, maybe I'll have to change the show intro because now that we're in the playoffs, <clears throat> referencing fantasy is kind of weird because we're not in some kind of playoff mm-hmm. fantasy thing. Anyway, the play-in tournament is now over, and the real playoffs have just begun. So let's get down to business and talk about some highlights that was awesome. and lowlights. Come on, dude. All right, Spency G, what is your highlight from the play-in tournament? My highlight is sort of controversial as a Raptors fan, but my highlight is Diardo Rosen essentially potent, potentially winning the Bulls a play-in game. Um, essentially, she was in the sidelines in the Raptors arena. Mm-hmm. She's nine years old and was just screaming as loud as she could whenever the Raptors took a free throw. And all the other fans were silent. So it's yeah. really loud and distracting. And the Raptors won 50% from the free throw line. So I think it's fair to say that it 100% had an effect. <laughs> well... I, as I mentioned to you guys, I, I was just listening to the game, sort of streaming it, but I was driving and just listening. And I, very early on, what was really odd is in the broadcast, I could hear the scream because mm-hmm. you know how the commentators are always there. They they usually fill time during the, when the when the team's up for a free throw. The, yeah, that's the quietest yeah. part when the home team has got free throws. And I heard this scream, and the first time I heard it, I thought, "Oh my goodness, what happened?" Yeah. But then I heard it. It kept it kept yeah. happening. So it was really weird. And then they didn't mention what it was. So I was like, is there like something's happening? Some kid is being weird or whatever. And it was only much later in the game. And then I kept hearing it. And then it was only much later in the game that it became obvious what was happening. Um, and of course, it went viral and all that stuff. What did you think, Marky Man? Do you think it had an effect on the game, on the on the Raptors? Yeah, probably. probably. I, I mean, mean yeah. it did. it is... They went, yeah, they went 18th. They shot 36 and made half of them. That's... Yeah, and that was, had they made even a few more, they could have yeah. won the game, right? Yeah. So, Yeah, I yeah, I just thought I should make that my highlight also because I'm like, I'm only hearing and seeing negative things about it. Right. And I'm like, apparently she received like severe threats. <laughs> and like the, they, the NBA had to like, tell the bulls to like escort her with the team like gosh there are people out there threatening a nine-year-old child for like being (laughs) passionate about her team yeah which is also her dad and she's just being yeah no it just made me so no i i agree like it was it was really funny i can see how even from demar's perspective he was probably like "Ooh, that got a bit too much attention like it's as you say the kooky the weirdos out there that are going to threaten a child like obviously they're yeah. idiots and stupid and who knows that i'm sure they're probably most of them just think it's a funny joke but it's not funny but anyway um i if i was in his position too i'd be a little bit like mm, i don't know how comfortable i am with like my 
daughter going, you know, at that age going viral and all of that. Yeah. So, uh, although guess what? <laughs> the next game she wasn't there and, uh, and against one of the best, yeah. but again, they were playing against one of the best free throw shooting teams. So maybe they could have used her anyway. So that leads us directly to your low light Marky man. So what was your low light from the playing tournament? Um, my low light was, uh, the Raptors. So <laughs> just the Raptors. Yeah. yeah. So basically what happened was, I mean, I'll go into this later more cause, yeah. but, um, yeah, they were up and then they missed their free throws and then the bulls turned up the intensity. The yeah. Raptors couldn't match it. And then they lost in a, like a really frustrating game that, yes. and, I, and I'm watching it. And I'm like, even though I'm like a Raptors fan, like I was trying to w- watch it without passion because I could feel mm-hmm. like I could feel it slipping away. Yeah. And yeah. I was trying to make myself like <clears throat> just be like, prepare yourself. I I had this. I had a very similar feeling. Also, um, you know, Levine really turned it up. I mean, he ended up with 39 points. Yeah, yeah. and he he just <clears throat> kind of proved, and at least for that game, that he was the best player on the floor um, in the second half of that game. And just suddenly just yeah. became, uh, but, but I mean, DeRozan had a 23 point night, uh, Vucevic had, uh, 14 points and 13 rebounds. So they played well and certainly down the stretch and they were down by 19 and they didn't panic. They just kept uh-huh. pressing us. And it was, as you say, the free throw problems started to catch up. And I remember yeah. it was, um, I don't think it was Jack. I think it was, um, what's his name? Um, Matt Devlin said very early on in the game because they had already missed a few mm-hmm. free throws <clears throat> started mentioning that like or like even in the first and second and the beginning yeah. of the second quarter like wow they're really struggling from the free throw line like they were way out in front already but he already said i wonder i hope that doesn't come back to haunt them <laughs> yeah. sure enough it did yeah. yeah i to be honest when levine like he went on a ridiculous i think it was either like nine or ten points on his own like yeah. on a run yeah. and I was 11 yeah. and I just thought that DeRozan was kind of having not a major game and obviously Levine is turning it up so I was thinking why not switch OG onto Levine because Levine and DeRozan right. have similar builds and like OG can guard Levine and if Levine's going to be the one who's like playing better right that night i like, why not put the primary defender on him? Yeah. Because Scotty Barnes is a good defender, but OG definitely is at another level. And I don't, I think there was some, I was also seeing like, there was some coaching, you know, it got a little weird about the end of the game. Yeah. Some well, they're coaching decisions. And they just, they had a really, they had really good defense at the beginning of the game. Like yeah. they, they had the edge in, in turnovers and, all of that. We were playing it. so well. I was so <clears throat> happy because I was like, we are fully playing exactly how I wanted. Yeah, exactly. And it was perfect. And then we just, it's the same thing. And then it's just turnovers, just ridiculous. Pirtle kind of went cold. Yeah. Gary Trent played horrible. And then Nick Nurse couldn't decide who to throw in there at the end of the game. And they both were disappointing. Yeah, it seemed that... <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, we'll 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 do our postmortem on the Raptors season uh, a little bit later, um, but uh, I think what we got to do is just um, 
have a have a quick look back to all of the uh, the, the play-in games and find out. Spencey, uh, Minnesota uh, was taking on the Lakers. So that was the 7-8 um, mm-hmm. play-in game in the West. So what happened? Uh, it was kind of a sloppy start for both teams. I was watching the game. It was not very pretty basketball. Uh, but then they both started to play really well. And the Timberwolves were playing very well with the absence of their a lot of their key players. Um, towards the end of the game... Schroeder, or Schroeder, I still don't remember how to say it, um, (laughs) hit the go-ahead three to take the lead, and it was like pretty much seemed like it was going to be a game winner. The T-Wolves would need three points in like five seconds. It was not looking good. It was less than five seconds. Less than five seconds. And then Conley gets the ball and takes like a ridiculous shot, fading behind the backboard from the like as far away as you can be, basically. Yeah. And then AD had a good contest. It was fine. But then he spins around and just like falls into Mike Conley like an ogre. <laughs> yeah. And sends Conley the line, who of course nails all three. Yeah. And sends it to OT. And thankfully, the Lakers won in overtime because otherwise, AD, like, it would have been a disaster oh, for him. Yeah. You and know. I think, I mean, also remember in that game, um, they didn't have Minnesota. Um, didn't mm-hmm. have Gobert, yeah. and they didn't have McDaniel's, who they're never going to have because he broke his hand punching the wall like yeah. a dum dum in the last game of the season. Um, I have to say, I mean, Mike Conley was basically like keeping them focused and yeah. keeping them calm. They were up a lot in that game, and and the Lakers managed to chip their way yeah. back in. And then, yeah, it was pretty funny to see um, Schroeder doing the whole, you know ice in the veins gesture and dance and then to have ad foul i thought i was like oh here we go this is the lakers the beginning of the end for them they're going to collapse and then of course conley the first free throw hits the front of the rim and like dribbles manages to dribble forward and fall in and then he hits two more after i'm like wow it is so hard to hit three consecutive free throws with that much pressure happening oh, on you. Like we saw that with Siakam going one for three. Siakam, he couldn't, yeah, just like, and yeah. shanked them badly too. Like it's, yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. But anyway, um, in the end, and then the Lakers, I thought, you know, what I thought was going to happen, which has happened to them other times this <laughs> season is because they're like, you know, LeBron and AD have to go all out to kind of, you know, assert themselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was worried that, oh, they're tired now. Minnesota, the younger team, is going to come out fast. But it didn't happen. They, the Lakers really uh, managed to, to, to stay focused, and they, and they won the game. But, um, you know, LeBron had a pretty good game. Um, he had 30 points, uh, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists. But he did – I was watching that game. He turned the ball over a lot. Yeah. He had a lot of errant passes and a lot of just weird moves. And I think he's just maybe – I don't know. He's just a little slightly different player and just maybe hasn't been playing that much as we know down the stretch and just was a little shaky uh, defensively. But in the end, it didn't matter. AD 24. I mean, I think you both picked you both picked the Lakers in that game and you both picked um, AD to be the top performer. And you were right. 24 points, 15 rebounds, four assists, two steals and three blocks. Pretty monster game for him, despite his his, uh, 
his little brain fart, as LeBron said at the end of the game, yeah. he uh, he still managed to uh, be pretty incredible. Um, all right, so the next game, which we already sort of talked about, was Marky Man. So we'll keep it we'll keep it short. Is uh, Chicago at Toronto? What happened in that playing game? So. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Raptors had the lead in the first, second, and the third, but it was mainly just the first and the second where they scored all the points. Yeah. And then the third, it was already, I could, you could already feel the, uh, there was like the scales tipping because, yeah. They, yeah, they outscored 25 to 23 in the third, and then, yeah, uh, insane 37 points to the Raptors 24 in the fourth. So the Raptors completely collapsed. Um, yeah, Levine, 39 points, six rebounds, three steals. And, yeah, I mean, even, like, yeah, Freddie had a really great game, 26 points, 12 assists, eight or 12 rebounds, eight assists. So he almost had a triple-double. Yeah. But, yeah, I think one of the problems, too, was, like, Pirtle just played 36 minutes and only had seven points, eight rebounds, and three assists. So... <clears throat> Yeah, you know. Pirtle seemed to he wasn't as effective as he's been recently. So that I, I assume that was part of the strategy of the uh um the Bulls to kind of figure out yeah. how to neutralize him and yeah. yeah, it was odd just like as the game was going on and as it was clear that we shouldn't use Pirtle as much, they seemed to be funneling him the ball more. Yeah. And there was just like I, I swear there's like three possessions in a row where Freddie like threw it to Pirtle and it was either a bad pass or Pirtle just like completely fumbled yeah. it. Yeah, and which was weird because he's usually like, that's what's great about him as a big man. He seems to be really sound with the yeah. ball, both uh, <clears throat> when he's got it and when he passes it. But uh, yeah, I saw him give, he did give it away a couple of times. So bad time for the new guy to have a bad night. But uh, in the end, I think, you know, whatever. I mean, <laughs> they're not a great team, I think. We all want to see them win, but they're just not that great of a team. And uh, overall, and they got a lot of they got issues. But we'll, again, we'll get into that later. So, another really interesting and fun um, playing game, which is the the following matchup, because we know that OKC had beaten uh, ended up beating the Pelicans, which was a lot of fun. They they came out and had a big victory there, so a play on play in win for them. Um, and then they ended up in the in the uh, the second game because Minnesota lost to the Lakers. So then it was OKC uh, in Minnesota to take on the T Wolves. So what happened? Um, Minnesota destroyed OKC by twenty five. Um, they pretty much like they just took advantage of a much smaller team. Yeah, um, I agree. Josh Giddy played like not very well. I think he went two for thirteen from the floor. And the rest of the team just couldn't really seem to find momentum. And Shea got into foul trouble and got smacked in the face. And yeah. it just, it wasn't going well. It was a rough night. It did kind of feel like the Timberwolves just sort of bullied them a little bit um, yeah. in terms of size. And <clears throat> and the truth is, Minnesota, when they, when they are kind of playing well... Um, they look really good sometimes, you know, as yeah. a team. Yeah. And what's yeah. sort of weird that I notice in both the play-in games for them is that Anthony, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm having a terrible time. Anthony Edwards seems like kind of a non-factor in both games. Yeah. He, that's, it's kind of a weird thing because he, it seemed like 
earlier in the season they were very much running the offense through him, but now they have Conley. They have this sort of veteran presence, and Kyle Anderson seems to be getting a lot yeah. more touches too. Also, yeah, I think even last year though, like he he was one of the best players in the playoffs for the Timberwolves last year. So yeah, yeah. Well, this not, is they have a different formulation now. But it's but I guess I feel like he's still capable of playing well in the playoffs. Well, but this is I think this has been a thing that's happened this season with him though. Like he'll just like not really do anything one night, and yeah. it doesn't necessarily affect the team sometimes. But it does seem like he just kind of goes quiet. Well, it's yeah. always good for another team. Yeah, it affects a team in the sense of like now a team doesn't have to worry about somebody. Well, like, but may- in some ways, it's almost like it can be a positive because the other teams know they have to worry about him, which does free up other players. So it's definitely odd. But I have noticed like when he is the one who needs to be in control of the game, then he plays really well. Yeah, but I, it does seem like he kind of is willing or I don't know if he's willing or if he just does just take a back seat when yeah it's hard to say I mean he was only get I mean if you go back to the game against Minnesota you know Kyle Anderson had, had 12 points 5 rebounds 13 assists 4 steals and 4 blocks in that game which is oh, yeah. crazy and Carl Anthony Towns <clears throat> again an amazing uh, you know, the fact that he hasn't played like all season, he comes in with 24 points, 11 rebounds and five assists in, in that in that game. And then Conley had a monster game, too. It's yeah. like. As we've said, and then and it was also weird because Gobert was also out. So like that team, it's like it is they as we've been saying all season, they have a weird identity problem. Like it's unclear yeah. how it's supposed to work. And then they bring in Conley because they clearly thought they need like this like a classic veteran yeah. point guard to kind of settle it all down. But and that seems to be working, at least for now. We'll see how it goes now that they gotta play, you know, Denver. Um but yeah, anyway, it's it's it was interesting and I find myself kind of rooting for them mainly because I like I do like Carl Anthony Towns and I do like Kyle Anderson quite a bit too and Conley like I like a lot of their players mm-hmm. um, but anyway uh, they they absolutely you're right they absolutely destroyed the Thunder I'm not too worried about the Thunder they have so much to work with they have so much young talent they have so yeah. many picks they will be able if they make the right move in the, in the next couple of years they should probably be able to bring in some some talent and you know, they, it looks like yeah. they kind of need a big man. Well, they, they got Chet coming back. Oh, they got Chet coming back. That's right. But is he a big? He's seven feet, but he's like a twig, basically. And <laughs> yeah. he's not. Maybe he's, he's, he's been working out. He's not. Season. He's okay. oh, well. I mean, he had an injury, so how <laughs> much knows. can he really do? Yeah, he's yeah. kind of like Mark. He, he's like a, yeah. He's like a three-point shooting, mid-range shooting. He's not really a post. Right. But anyway, they could bring in some size or maybe a couple of other like. Really I mean, tough it, I mean, it is just it is just adding height. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, it's, it's it'll help. I think for once yeah. they need to use their picks to get existing players. Yeah, and I mean they have well, enough stacked. to go around. There's, I think they have something. Like, they have I, early round picks like every year for like the. Next I swear five they years. have like five first round or it was like fifteen first round picks over the next three seasons, something like that. It's something crazy. Yeah, it's some certain so, amount. So I mean, the, yeah, their future is bright. And anyway, so. Um, that I think that pretty much covers the plan. So we know what the uh, the first round um, matchups are going to be now. Um, in the West, we got um, we didn't talk about oh Bulls we didn't talk about, oh yeah that's right so right so the Bulls after um, beating the Raptors head to Miami to take on uh, the Heat. So Marky Man, what happened? Um, the uh, the Heat took like a 
a slight early lead going into the second. Um, they're up by about eight, and uh, second quarter they're still up. It was they were down about I think five. The or the Bulls were down five going into the second half, and then yeah, the Bulls turned on the Jets in the third quarter, outscoring the Heat, and then almost for the entire fourth quarter it was super close um you know like every team was making shots and the but the defense too was uh, incredible but then in like the last minute in like 14 seconds the heat went on like a 12 to 1 run or something yeah and then the game was over and there's nothing they could do and butler uh, was the top performer uh 31 points five rebounds three assists two steals but I, in my opinion, the top performer was uh, Max Struss. That's right. He had a big. He game. had thirty-one six zero assists. He like he had like he he was a freak from the three-point line. Yeah, seven for twelve. Yeah, pretty good. He was like yeah, I think he might have been, even been four to four for four to start the game. Yeah. So um, you know, yeah. It well, was, and it's it and if that's the knock on on the Bulls is that they don't have anything anybody who really yeah. And from three. Yeah. Uh, they have they have Kobe White, and that's essentially that's it. Right. Yeah. And um, um, yeah, I mean, Levine was he played forty one minutes, had fifteen points, four rebounds, and two assists. Yeah. DeRozan was the best player for them. Uh, you know, and Vucevic was pretty quiet too. It was all around pretty low scoring. Yeah. A very low scoring game. So yeah. yeah well, the final score was one hundred two ninety one. So, I mean. Chicago and the Raptors had the best. I think they were like the one and two defense since the All Star break this year uh, in the regular season. But it looked like Miami really locked down, locked them down. Like so, I mean, another another knock on the Raptors. The Raptors have a collapse against the team who was then beaten by Miami anyway. So, you know, yeah, it's just like, I, yeah, yeah. There's nothing. I, guess. I mean, I, it's these games. The margin was enough that like. I do believe the Raptors could have won the game against Chicago. It could have very yeah. easily done it. And they could have beaten Miami, too. For sure. We all would have loved to have seen them get swept in four games by Milwaukee. It's better than nothing. But I do feel that, you know, at the end of the day, the team's just not good enough to make a deep yeah. playoff run. I so just, things need to yeah. change no matter what. And so the more, in a way, the harsher the loss and the sooner the loss, almost the better. I guess. I, I just think that if we had won at least one playing game, it it would have maybe altered how things would go in the off season, but yeah, I think the yeah. fact that we completely blew the first playoff game when we should have won or playing game is gonna like I think the team is just done. Yeah, I mean the yeah. problem is we suck, but we don't suck enough to get it's a high like, pick. We're like ninety three percent chance we're getting the thirteenth pick in the draft. I mean that's yeah. still a yeah, a still but, a nice pick. Yeah, it's a nice pick, but. The Raptors. Well, we've like, proven we can develop players. Yeah, so. So, I think. Yeah, we just have to. Yeah, the, there's there's going to be a big change. Like some, probably Freddie's going to be gone. We'll, we'll get into this in a bit. Okay, so, um, so I'll, just to wrap up. So you know, you guys, um, just to give you a, a sense of how you did in the plan. As you guys know, what's what's interesting about the plan tournament is that the stats in them and everything doesn't count. For the player, it doesn't count as regular season and it doesn't count as playoff stats either because that's not fair because they're actually extra games, right? That's what's kind of like unique about the plan tournament is that they're just this, like they kind of stand alone as their own thing. It's like the special tournament. So all of that, um, 
and it'll be the same thing with you guys. I'm just so so the plan tournament for you guys is is done. So, Marky Man, you went uh, two for six in your predictions. You only got two correct uh, wins out of out of six games, and Spencer, you had three out of six. Um, you both were the homers for the for the Raptors. You both got that one wrong, um, and uh, you both. Uh, um, you both got OKC wrong. You thought they were going to beat Minnesota. So, um, and then the only other one that uh, that Marky Man got wrong is, is you picked um, uh, you picked Chicago over Miami. Um, so that's what that was the difference. And then in point differential, uh, Spencer just got the edge on that with uh, sixty nine points over the over the six games. You were off by sixty nine points, and combined point differential for you, Marky Man, was seventy seven. So. That's where we're at with that. So we'll just scrub that clean and we'll never think about that ever again because, again, it's the play-in. It's not going to count toward your playoff total. So I think um, now that we've covered that, um, <laughs> now that we've covered that, I just want to say, hey, Orange Ball Juicers, please subscribe. Give us a five-star rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, we want to hear from our listeners. So hit us up on Instagram at orangeballjuice or email us at orangeballjuice at gmail.com. Send us your NBA questions and hot takes. All right, fellas. Well, I it's that time of year and a bunch of games have um, are coming. Um, all seven game series. It's the real deal now. No more playing. No more of this fake playoffs business. It's the real thing. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? All right. So let's just qu- very quickly talk about where we're at. It's it's Sunday. Um, what's today? April sixteenth. And so there have been a couple of games. So there's been four games now. Um, we had yesterday. Brooklyn uh, was in Philly. Um, they, the, Phil, no, no surprise, Philly won 121 to 101. MB didn't have a great game, but Harden more more than made up the slack. That wasn't a surprise. Boston beat uh, Atlanta, also not really a surprise. Jalen Brown had a had a had a huge game. Atlanta just couldn't get the shooting going, um, and Boston defense just had them thwarted for most of that game. Uh, the more much more exciting games, uh, not surprising perhaps. Um, the Knicks just barely beat. Um, uh, the Cavs and overcame a, a monster game by by Mitchell, uh, who had 38 points, eight assists, uh, five rebounds, and three steals. But Randall, who has been injured, amazingly comes back um, from injury and plays a really uh, key part in uh, that victory. Um, Brunson also had a good game, and and then of course the other game was Golden State uh, at Sacramento. The Beam team manages to hold off Golden State's onslaught and win one twenty six to one twenty three. So those are the only games that have happened so far in the playoffs. Um, I don't think any of the outcomes are like super surprising because we all agree that next Cleveland's probably going to be close and Golden State Sacramento is probably going to be close. But anyway, I got some games that I'm interest that are upcoming they're all game two games they're all this week i'm super excited um to find out um what what you guys think is going to happen so um starting with you uh marky man golden state is in sacramento sacramento again on monday for game two um what's what's the forecast um i think the warriors are gonna win by 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 six with uh, with Curry as the top. 
So you think they're going to bounce back um, against Sacramento? Yep. I mean, they showed they showed they can they can match them in that first game. That easily could have gone the other way. Um, oh yeah, I mean, the Kings were even down for most of that game, and then the, yeah, they, came, yeah. they came back. And a very encouraging sign is that Wiggins is back, and yeah, and he was playing well. Yeah, well, what's weird is like he was he's been out for quite a while. I think he missed eight games or more. Um, comes back in game one of a playoff game, and he looks like totally fit. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, yeah. I know he was working out and stuff, but he looks like fully. He didn't lose a step. Yeah. So it's just a really good sign for them. Yeah. Um, what do you, What do you think? Um, hmm. I will say, I think if the Kings won this game, they would win the series, but. <clears throat> I'll say Golden State by eight and Curry. So just to point out, I um yeah, you have I mean, Spencey, so you got Sacramento in six mm-hmm. in this. Um and they won the first game at home, which is which is really key. Um, I think because if Golden State had stolen a win on the road, like that's their problem is winning on the road. Although I think that whole thing kind of is going to go away now as being like a factor. I think like they, that whole team is so playoff experienced that I don't think it really matters anymore. I think that they're going to come back the next game and it's going to be tough. But do you, has this altered your projection? You still think Sacramento in six or do you think that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll we'll keep, keep that. that. What about you, Marcus? Now you you predicted Golden State in six, and already Sacramento's won one. So are you adjusting that prediction? Yeah, I'll say Golden State in seven. Okay, so now you, okay. But I'm going to be cheering for whoever wins that series. There, but, so whoever wins that series is your like you're hoping for the championship. Yeah, okay. it, yeah. The king, if <clears throat> the Kings are who I want to win for sure. If I could yeah, choose I any mean, team, it's it's them. Yeah, they're super. I mean, just watching that game, like. As far as like a small market team that isn't like a big marquee team, like they're so much fun to watch compared yeah. to so many other teams. Yeah. It's uh, it's incredible. Just like it's all offense for sure. I mean, and it was the most offensive game I think yesterday. It was by far, you know, one twenty six to one twenty three. It was a lot of fun to watch those two teams with the high powered offense, high powered shooting, and that they scored one hundred twenty six. Even though Sabonis, um, like I think he only had twelve points or something, but he had sixteen rebounds. Malik Monk had thirty two points, and and De'Aaron Fox had thirty eight points. So yeah, Malik, monster game. Yeah, Malik Monk is one of the guys that can just drop yeah like yeah. thirty on a weird night and just yeah exactly. Or he's just yeah. well because they're probably so not concerned about him. Like they're like and they just you know they have yeah. all these shooters and he's yeah. one of them. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's look at the and the next game too. So Spency. Uh, the Knicks are back in Cleveland for game two after the Knicks won game one. So what's the forecast? Um, I think Cleveland's going to win this one. <clears throat> okay, They're at home again, yeah, yeah. and I think that they're not going to let this one get away from them. Okay, how much are they going to win by, you think? Uh, five. And yeah. it's going to be Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. All right, so again you picked um and so just does this affect the fact that the Knicks won the first game does this affect affect your prediction you said Cavs yeah. in 7 so mm-hmm. uh not really i'm pretty sure i think it was the Cavs who don't seem to be affected when they're on the road i feel like i remember there was yeah. one team i think it's the Cavs it's the Knicks the Knicks too have the a Knicks really too. have a good road record okay. yeah i think yeah. uh 
Yeah, it's a very tough season or tough series to predict, in my yeah. opinion. Maybe the hardest first round um, series to predict. Okay, so Marky Man, what do you think in game two? You know, the, the next stole one in Cleveland, that's a huge win for them. And you picked Cleveland in six. So what do you think is going to happen in game two? Uh, Yeah, I think Cleveland will win. Yeah. By how much? By four with yeah. Mitchell. Actually, yeah, with Mitchell. Yeah. Do you Are you going to adjust your uh, prediction now? You had Cleveland in six, and they just lost the first game at home. No. I'll no, keep you'll it. keep it? You think they're going to roar back? Entirely possible. Um, all right, so probably the game I'm most looking forward to today is uh, LA Clippers are in Phoenix to take on the Suns, but game two is on Tuesday, and that's the game I'm asking you to predict. So they haven't played a game yet. We don't know what's going to happen in today's game, and that will probably would if you knew what what's going to happen would change your prediction for yeah. Tuesday's game but nonetheless you don't have that luxury so what's your forecast for game 2 the clippers versus phoenix I'll go Suns with KD by 5 or I'll go by 7 by 7 okay so does that that leads me to believe that you think phoenix maybe is going to win the game tonight as well yeah probably yeah mm-hmm. and you have um Suns in five. So you obviously think that the yeah. Clippers don't really stand a chance against the Suns team with yeah. KD in the lineup. All right, so you're going to keep that prediction? Yep. You, so you think maybe the Clippers will get one at home, get one yeah. at home? Yeah. yeah. All right, so Spencer, what do you think for, for the guy game two? I think the Suns are going to win by eight, and I also have KD. Okay. And what do you think about the game today? I think the Suns will win. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, I, you never know. The Clippers could go up three one. I, I mean, I honestly, I, th- I think the Clippers <laughs> could like win this game and then the Suns win the next four. Like, I think that's yeah, highly possible. totally. I mean, it's I, 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 there's a lot of, there's a lot of question marks for me and the like. Katie's such a like amazing player. Um, I feel one thing I will say is like I feel like the Clippers. They don't. No one's expecting anything from them, and I feel in a way. Um, and I yeah. feel like um, KD. Like we don't really know how fragile he is. Like he is coming back from an injury. He's probably fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we don't know. And I think that just that question mark, like how much he gets used and how he's used, and all of that is gonna is really gonna you know like he's a brand new player. <laughs> on their yeah. on their team, you know what I mean. He just yeah. kind of air dropped in at the very end of the season, and then basically didn't play. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be. I think things are going to become very clear after this game one. Anyway, like if is he fully back? Is he fully healthy? Is mm-hmm. he like ready to go? Um. But anyway, it'll be. I'm I'm excited to watch that game, and so and then the last one, which which is um another another game two, and we don't know the outcome of game one yet, is L A. Uh, the Lakers are going to be in Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. Um, so, what's the forecast, Marky? Um, I go with the Lakers with LeBron. Actually, no, with AD again. By how much? Uh, five. All right. And so, what about you, Spency? Um, I'm going to have the Grizzlies by six with. John Morant. 
Okay, so Marky, so do you think now? There's the game today is actually at three, um, and it's game one. The Lakers are in Memphis, so so you're thinking that LA is going to win game two. What do you think about game one? Yeah, I, that's hard to say. I mean, probably the Grizzlies. Probably. I mean, yeah. Like, well, let's put it this way: you've got Memphis in six on the series. That's what you predicted. So yeah. <laughs> you better. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I do have Memphis in six. I mean, I think, yeah, it's just, it's hard to say. I don't, I'm not strong on that prediction. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to expect from the Lakers at all. So it's, it's they're, just hard I think for me they're to say. impossible to predict. I, I have a, even watching them in those play in games. Yeah. Like they're, they're certainly, um, in terms of effort and being all out, like, and because they have LeBron James and, and AD, they're certainly like, uh, a powerful team when they're playing their best. It's just that the truth is both of those guys like have to go all out. And I kind of, in a weird way, I can like, I can see LeBron, like, again, I feel like he'll have good games statistically, but he might also turn the ball over a bunch. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and AD might also, you know, with him, it's like, there's always the threat if he's going like this hard that he, might, I think, they might get I hurt. think if the Lakers go deep in the playoffs, I can hundred percent see AD getting hurt. Yeah, exactly. So, but in this first round and I think like Memphis, they're just like, they're just younger and can like yeah. kind of press them and they, they can spread. Now they don't have Adams, which I think is like a big deal. Um, yeah. So it's hard to say, and you had you have, but you have the Lakers winning the series in seven. Uh, yeah, I I mean, I could easily see the Grizzlies almost blowing out the Lakers too. I just, yeah. I, could, I just want to see LeBron in yeah. in the real playoffs. To be honest, yeah. Let's see, let's see what they can really bring. Biased, but um, but I think it's one of it is one of those things where like we all consider him to be a superhuman, and he pretty much is. However, there is a point at which he can. Yeah, like you know, he can. Uh, I just don't think he has that level of like he can compete with a bunch of guys that are yeah. like in their prime uh, over a longer stretch. We saw it earlier in the season where they had these overtime games where they would push it to overtime, and then it's like they took everything out of the tank, getting just yeah. you know getting back in a game, and then in overtime they got they got rolled yeah. over and stuff. Yeah. So I think, and I think the longer the series goes, the more Memphis has an advantage. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. With that. Um, just because of wear and tear. But anyway. All right. Well that's um that's it for um your your playoffs um predictions for these games. So well, it's time to take our last and maybe last of all time whiff of Chef Pasquale's kitchen. Ciao, I'm Pasquale. Welcome to my kitchen. In this house, our nickname for Pascal Siakam is Chef Pasquale because spicy pea is what happens when you use the toilet after chopping jalapenos. Um, sadly, that may be the very last time I make that joke, um, as repetitive as it was. And I say that because the rapper season is over and this, the, the future is uncertain. And Chef Pasquale, a.k.a. Pascal Siakam, may not be coming back. Um, we really don't know. So... All right, Marky Man, I'm going to start with you. Like, what is your, what's your report card grade for the Raptors season? Um, a B. You give him a B? All right. 
And uh, that's generous, though. That is, that is, a, that is, I, that is definitely I'll, like a huge rounding yeah. error. I'll say I'll say B minus actually. Okay, B minus. What do you, what do I use? I'm saying C plus. C plus. I I think that's what I would say. C plus. Um, let's let's just state the the cold hard facts. Last season with pretty much the same lineup. Um, minus Pirtle. Minus Pirtle. Uh, they finished fourth in the East and had a pretty. Pretty competitive, even though it was like disappointing in some ways. Pretty competitive first round, a playoff loss to the Sixers. Um, this season, barely make it into the play-in and lose to a pretty mediocre, like uh, all things considered, Bulls team at home. Mm-hmm. So definitely, granted, we had some injuries, blah 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 blah, the usual stuff. A lot, and there's a series of disappointments this season. Early on in the season, like by by mid season, everybody was like, "They're gonna blow this team up. They're gonna do a blockbuster trade. They're gonna do this. They're gonna do that." So, what do you think, Mark? Man, what what does the future hold? Um, I think it could go either way. I think we have a lot. We have a lot of trade value. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we should keep Siakam. I I say get rid of Freddie and Gary, right. and pick up some people. Now I say keep Pirtle, Scotty, and Pascal. I think well, I that's, they're, I, they're, they're keeping Scotty yeah, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, I say those three. Like if we you can build a number two seed with those three players, mm-hmm. and we just like all we just need defense. I mean, get get rid of OG too. Well, um, the issue. Well, we just that you just basically got rid of. Shooting. No, we can't. No, we, we just got rid of shooting and defense. If yeah, you get rid of those but guys. Also, like yeah. we'll be picking up players. What well, yeah. do we do with that? I'm just saying who we get rid of. Now I know Freddie's going to free agency. Mm-hmm. So, so is OG. Yeah. Okay. So so, so basically, it's a disaster. So basically, yeah. they're gone. There's nothing we can do about it unless we yeah. offer them a contract. It's kind of <clears throat> either we offer OG. I think it is going to have to be like 150 million, mm-hmm. or he's not coming yeah. back. We should have just traded them at the trade deadline. That's <laughs> well, the consensus because yeah. they were like, I, I mean, they were like, I think we can pull a season together and and they were get totally to the playoffs, wrong. and they were totally extremely wrong. wrong. We, um, yeah. We tried and we blew it. Yeah. We tried to trade Freddie, but we didn't try very hard. Like the, yeah. we, we should offered... have taken that one trade for OG. Which that, one is that? The Clippers one was it, was that like we Terrence had on the Mann? table. Was it like Terrence Mann and somebody. Or no, that Terrence Mann was part of the Freddie trade, and that oh, yeah. was the deal breaker. Or was because, that the deal breaker? Because the deal breaker was yeah. they were just offering picks, and the Raptors said no, we want um, we want Mann, and then it fell apart because they wouldn't do it. Yeah, I yeah, it's just. So now we're gonna, if we lose, if we lose Freddie and OG, what are we going to do? We have well, no, we have nothing. Theoretically, still that frees up a bunch of cap space, but then yeah. it's it's not a matter of being able to trade; it's just signing, which yeah. you can sign players. But then it's like, well, who's available, right? And also, it's, it's not I'm, like a trade yeah. where you can go. You guys are desperate. You think you're going to make a championship run. You you're willing to give give away a lot to yeah. go all in this year. Okay, fine, hand it over, right? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm just, my so, concern yeah. is that with superstar players, I gotta be honest, I don't think a lot of them really like the idea of signing in Toronto. Well, they don't like the idea of it next year because like this, we're not, it's even, even if it, things go like I, we're in a transitional phase, like yeah. there's no, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. Like I think management believes in the youth of the team to an extent, but uh, yeah, I uh, well, what youth do we have other than Scotty Barnes that I believe in? Zero. 
Coloco, I don't care. Like he, could, I mean, at his best, he could be a mediocre like a backup center. bench right. center yeah. if we actually try to develop him, which is a waste of time mm-hmm. because I don't. We have I, to he play could be, him. I think he could be a starter. He center. can't shoot. He can't even hit like a short post fade. So yeah, well, he can, he can be like a poor man's poor he, man's Gobert, but he's not as big and strong as Gobert. But he can't pass either. Well, yeah. well, what? Well, again, either like, way, he's not the okay, key. Anyways, Malachi stinks. Banton is not going to be good enough. All those other guys, they're not. They're just yeah. frankly not good enough. Yeah. Well, I agree. <sighs> anyway, oh, let's. It's just, we'll have to check in. Oh, the other question cool. is all right. I'm just going to put it to you as a yes or no question. Is Coach Nurse back next year? Mm. No. <laughs> you? No. No. I don't think so either. I, I think it's just one of those things where even that from a fan perspective, I'm more interested in trying something else. Yeah, I think even if it's Even it if it ends up being worse. Yeah. Like, th- yeah. th- there's no point in just muddling through. Like, I don't think the Raptors should be one of these teams like the Wizards or, you know, some yeah. of these other teams in the NBA that are just kind of like, hey, we're a small market team and we just play 500 every year and that's fine and we have our stars and we like them and we're not really going to upset the tea kettle. I don't think this t- this like, this like team should be like that. No. I think they should be on tr- trying to, you know, do mm-hmm. something to get better and trying new things. And like the point is like these guys were all part of the championship team. Just we have the same guys minus <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, like Mark Saul, Sergi Gasol, Kyle, Powell, um, Lowry, Ibaka. and Lowry, like and Ibaka, like three of those guys are like perennial all-stars. Um, you know, this include like, well, Kawhi's a superstar. We had Lowry, like the best he's ever been. <sighs> Yeah, like him at his greatest, and Gasol at like basically at top yeah. form. Like that's massive pieces. Like the diff, like the oh, difference yeah. between the championship year and now is so vast. Yeah, like I in I, terms yeah. of talent, I just don't even. I just don't understand how there was such a big shift from last year when ultimately things were worse and we had more injury problems and we got off to a really bad start. I don't understand. I just think it's it's sort of like how Atlanta went deep in that playoff. It was just like they played well in a stretch and got hot for a while, and it worked. I mean, I think, but it's right? also I think Scotty Barnes, like he should have been better this year. And yeah, he, he, he said in a press conference, like he's going to have to work harder this summer. And he's like, he like rookies will probably most rookies probably get this realization, like like I have to like try my hardest to st- even stay even stay here and yeah. like he's yeah he, i bet you he's gonna come back a lot better next season yeah he's gonna he's yeah. probably gonna get like work a lot harder in the off season like yeah. he he got actually got worse in the second year i yeah he well he actually no if you look at the I, I field goal percentages i agree i agree i think worse. that i do agree it's statistically or whatever it is that, that that may be true i think overall he nonetheless he's matured and he's mm-hmm. also being used differently, and he's yeah. more is being expected of him. So that factors in, and yeah. I think that ultimately he's a smarter, better player in terms of basketball IQ. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but 
we'll see how that pans out over the long term. I don't know that you can make a, a final assessment like, oh, he's worse yeah. this year. He's never going to be better. I still think well, his ceiling I, I, is pretty high. I, I, um, I, I'm saying I, I completely agree with that. I'm just saying I, I think he, like, maybe he's more mature and smarter, but he still is worse. He has the worst numbers. So sure. Like, but again, remember we were also like, he was basically like the starting point guard for a stretch of the season. And like other things were being expected of him that were weird that yeah. didn't work. Well, too. he like, kept getting, that wasn't like, working. Nick nurse kept changing his role, which is, is not easy. Yeah. But that's also the Raptors. It's like this whole idea of like, everyone's the same player. Yeah. Like all these guys that are like six, seven, six, eight, that are kind of like interchangeable yeah. and all of that, yeah. that whole experiment seems to have not worked. And then they were like, what do you know? They bring in a big man, start doing that. What? What? Like, here's the unanswered question: What if Pirtle had been there since the beginning of the season? Yeah, you know? I because I think that we didn't have a chance to build up momentum with him and figure out our team properly. Yeah, because then Scotty would have actually found his role immediately, and that probably would have been better. And maybe if Gary Trent had been coming off the bench the whole season, yeah, that wouldn't would be have been a problem. Too. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, anyway. I, but the just, point is the ship has sailed. We're going to lose yeah. some of these guys. So they have to try a different approach and they have to yeah. do it a different way. And it's like losing Freddie is going to be a big deal because now we're going to be yeah. like, then it could end, we could end up being like one of these like Minnesota Timberwolves style teams with like, you know, what are we going to do? We don't do? really have we're gonna a have point zero guard shooting. anymore. We're not going to have a point guard and we won't be able to shoot. It's going to be calamity. If we straight up lose Freddie and OG in just to the free agency and we can't sign anyone major, yeah. we are going to be so bad. Yeah. And we're I don't know what we're we're not gonna have many options. No. Well, we'll see. Well, that was sad and depressing, but we had to get it out of our system. And so yeah, I mean there's a very good chance Siakam's not gonna be back. So if we if if we continue if we decide that we're gonna do this podcast next season, we'll have to come up with a new name for the segment. And uh yeah. And also it'll also be like a much more depressing segment next year probably. Yeah. But at the same time, like a new beginning and a whole new thing. Yeah. And like in the past we've gone <sighs> through these stretches where the team has been I kind mean, of floundering. I guess the problem is I haven't. Well you personally that, yeah exactly personally, yeah. what happened to you guys and this is kind of probably like the worst thing that can happen to us. Worst and best. Like very early in your lives they won a championship. And but even prob- before that we were just yeah good. We, we were well, exactly really and, the, and the years leading up to that they were consistently good and then they made a blockbuster trade that put them over the edge they win the championship and then it's never been the same since the, yeah. even the season following it was still a solid season like oh, it was yeah. a very good season we were like second or third yeah but then you know it was also pandemic bubble and yeah. things got weird yeah. so it's been this weird like now it's been on this downward trajectory ever since and Whereas, like, me, being the age I am, I'm used to them. Like, I'm more used to them not being good yeah. than them being good. So I'm like, oh, here we go. But this is what's what's crazy is, like, they could never win again. Or they could put something together and we could be talking about a dynasty yeah. like, like within, we, they within could five be years. horrible for 15 years. Yeah. They probably won't be only because we, like, it's such a big market. Yeah. Like, it's one of the biggest markets in the NBA. I mean, and, yeah, but so are the Knicks and they've sucked for this long. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, you, well, it, there's always a yeah, possibility. Yeah, but I mean, to be honest, out. their general management has been so bad. That it's but hopefully, inspired. hopefully, we we can rebound from it. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. And it's that's that's sports for you. It, who, like, it's only fun having a dynasty if you deserve it anyway. Like, there's no, 
you know, like <clears throat> there's no, there's no easy route. No. Like yeah. the, the, the championships are only taste sweet because of the years where they're not good and yeah. the, the, the disappointments. So that's just, that's just fandom for you. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, I say that it is now uh, time to turn back the shot clock and Euro step our way into the past for time travel trivia. Well, I, I was going to do a a playoff um, themed trivia for you guys, but it's a, it, we just started the playoff. So, um, and I was trying to look into like maybe doing a question about playing stats. Cause I say what's weird, what's kind of interesting about playing is like they're standalone stats. They don't, mm-hmm. they only count as playing. So it's a very limited thing. So I was looking into, um, but there's only been four years of it now. So it's kind of like the, the, the none of the records or any of the things in it are interesting. Cause it's yeah. like, it's just completely distorted and it's distorted anyway, because it's like a tournament of the worst teams. <laughs> so everything yeah, about it ab- yeah. about it is weird, right? Yeah. So it's like if you were a, like a record holding player in it, it's probably because you, your team has been bad <laughs> yeah. and recently. So it's yeah. it's all just like yeah. your team's almost good, but not quite. Anyway, all of that said, uh, so I decided like one of the most um, impressive um, things to me and uh, of the regular season, and we all agree it was a, it was a crazy uh, offensive season we had. Um, I don't know what the in terms of uh, what it was like for the league, but we had these crazy outbursts of scoring this year. Um, what, what did Mitchell score? Seventy one or whatever it was. Or, yeah, and um, somebody else scored. So, and so, uh, Dame. And yeah, uh, Lillard had his crazy game, but we also had some. You know, Donchich, even even guys like Randall had a fifty three point game, and, yeah. and uh, you know there's plenty of fifty point games. You know, um, yeah. this year and and um, these massive outbursts that actually for whatever reason rattled the league and they're like <laughs> they're like uh hey we got to figure out how to make it easier to play defense i'm not too c- concerned about that but anyway here's a question for you guys i'll hit you with it uh first uh spency what team had the highest points per game total this year uh the mm, warriors Marky Man, which team had the highest points per game? Celtics. No. It's funny because the better teams actually are lower on the points per game. Uh, Kings. That was my second guess. All right, so the team with the highest points per game total this year was the Sacramento Kings with 120.7. Wow. Um, And... Okay, so which was the highest points per game total since the 1983-84 season? That's weird because further you go back in time, the least the lower scoring games. Oh, is that ever not true? Well, the further you go back in time, like the points per game. Like, uh, this is part of the trivia here. So okay, so and that so the last time uh, the, it was so it wasn't the record, but the. The 120.7 was the highest points per game for a team regular season total since the 1983-84 season. you got to guess what team that was. I'll give you one each. You're probably not going to get it. Pistons. Um, the... 
Nuggets. Ooh. <laughs> Random guess. Good for you. It was the 1983-84 Nuggets that season had a 123.7 points per game uh, average. So that so the one this one this year 120.7 is the highest since then. So at 120, now that you know that in back in 83 there was another yeah. team with 133.7 and Sacramento had 120.7 this year. Where do you think the Kings are on the all-time single-season points per game list? What of, of all-time seasons? What do you think, Spencey? Uh, fourth. Third. Six. <laughs> Fifth. Here's a hint. They're not in the top ten. Thirteen. Eighteenth. Getting warmer. Sixteen. Wrong way. <laughs> Twenty-one. Ooh, the closest guess so far. Twenty. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So at 120.7 points, and we saw how high scoring they were this year. They're still only the 20th so of all time was it like in the 50s and 40s that's when all the high scorings were happening? no it's actually spread out like i have the the list but anyway the high one of the highest of all time was that's pretty much that same denver nuggets team but in the 1981-82 season they averaged 126.5 points per game wow. which is crazy for us if you think about that like averaging that over a season yeah and their big their big player uh i believe their star player at the time was alex english who you probably probably don't even know who he I've is, but yeah, he's like he's in all the like the big um, like the scoring and yeah. like you know um, a lot of the all time records and stuff. But he is. Um, but if I named this roster to you, you'd be like, "Who are these guys?" Like they're not big household name famous yeah. players. Um, but uh, it just goes to show that you know, for all our talk about how all the offense this year, like actually, if you look at the list of these teams um, who had these uh, who had all these these records it's very very um, like it's very different than what you think like there's teams from the 60s um, a lot of the teams from the 60s were big high scoring teams Um, and and it's not uh, at all um, as as I say like since it was since 1983 and 84 is the highest and so the I think the of the modern day teams I think that it was like 120. Let me just look here. Um, yeah, so the Nuggets, uh, as I say, are sitting at at, at 20th. Um, um, where am I here? What but about? it was it was the Bucks are four play are in 23rd all time. The 2020 2021 Bucks had a 120.1. Um, what what about like, game season? What about like the early 2000s? Like because I. I think if I'm not mistaken, I almost almost all the top teams are either from the 60s uh, in terms of points per game or from uh, like the early 80s. Yeah, because I think I'm pretty sure early 2000s is pretty low scoring. Yeah, I think the illusion that it didn't used to be high scoring is because of the 90s and the early 2000s. 90s and early 2000s was very low scoring. People just think that everything used to be lower scoring. Yeah, just because. Yeah, well, that's what I was under. Yeah. I was. That's what I thought because I, I, I always look at the like scores of games from like the nineties and early two thousands, and they're always like eighty eight to eighty seven and stuff. Yeah, but if you look at it, it's like these these teams of like the sixties, like you know the Philadelphia Warriors and stuff. I think which I think had, um, I think that team had uh, 
what's his name? Will Chamberlain on it. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, those are the teams that, yeah, Chamberlain was on it. And that was one of his years where he averaged like 50 points yeah. like for the season. So obviously those teams, you know, at that, t- at that time, you know, and, and, and even like the 59, 60. So like the Bill Russell era, um, Celtics were 124.5 for a season and they're like number four all time. But it's this mm-hmm. weird Nuggets team that from like the early 80s, like they're three of their seasons are in the top six, right? Yeah. And they're all consecutive seasons. So that team was just like all offense, but they, they, they never got further than like the Western Conference finals. Yeah, I, mean. I think it's what ha- seems to be ha- what happens is that the other, the teams that do average the most points just bring up other teams scores when they play them yeah so it's not because otherwise it'd be like wait the kings average 120 points but on but the celtics average 96 yeah. like, and the reason i think that sometimes those teams aren't necessarily like like championship teams is because the only way like you have to play at a high pace mm-hmm. and be like all offense to yeah. do that because if you slow down and like play mm-hmm. like defense you're actually like killing clock and you just can't get to those crazy high scores Mm -hmm. so it's got to be you got to be like an up-tempo all-offense team to even do that which means you're also letting the other team run the floor in a way and shoot like that's how you're getting the ball back so much so i think it's the teams that do it aren't necessarily like you know you're not you don't look at this and go it's all bulls and all you know uh you know Celtics from the eighties and Lakers from the eighties. It's actually not because those teams actually did play defense well yeah. as, as well. Um, so that's why I think it's a lot of teams from the sixties and stuff that are just like these run and gun teams that didn't necessarily win championships the years that they yeah. got these, had these totals. And so, and then the bucks is the only modern team because they, did they win the year? What year did they win? They 2020, won. 2021. Or that's Lakers. No, no, no because 2022, 20, 20, yeah. So they, yeah, because the Raptors won, then the Lakers won in the bubble, then... Oh, wait, no. This is 22, 22 23. Yeah. So that means... Wait, the, no. that means no, the last Warriors, year the Warriors no. won. Yeah, no, the Lakers so won 2019, right. 20. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, yeah so... 2020, 2022 was won by Golden State. Yeah. 21 was the Bucks. Bucks. So in the year that they won, this is... Uh, they it was their year that they had this their mm-hmm. their offense was super high powered which is 120.1 points per game so anyway it's a very weird stat and it's like it's weird that there's only the two sort of modern era teams that even cracked the top 30 yeah um that you know it's it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting um i'd like to look i'd like to get more into that because just to, it, it it's, indicates how the game has changed and maybe that's even indicated you know, you'd think that with all the three-point shooting and all that, that it would still, that there'd be more modern teams or like yeah. one of those Golden State teams would be up there, but they're not at all. Anyway, well, that's our first uh, playoff, uh, our first official playoff uh, episode, I guess. We've got a couple games in the tank. Uh, got a couple big games today to look forward to. The first game one of Memphis, L.A. Uh, is today. First game of Phoenix Clippers is today. Um, those, I think, are the most uh, exciting games that are that are on deck today. So uh, we'll be checking that out. I know you guys got lots of work to do. I know you're going to play baseball with some friends before that thunderstorm hits, Marky Man. Yep. You think you can swing the bat? Are you going to? Yeah, I'll see. Are you guys gonna bring a batting helmet? Are you playing hardball? Are you gonna be whipping the ball at each other? No, no, probably not. Okay, good. Do you play the tennis ball? 
I'll probably play with a baseball or just soft pitching. I see. Well, that's but hard hit. <laughs> yeah, hard yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Worse. Yeah, exactly. Like, so now I, the no, now the pitcher's going to get the batters just don't want to get hit. Well, yeah, the batters don't want to get hit, but now think, now your pitcher's going to get <laughs> yeah, hit. Yeah, your pitcher's we'll pitch from far away because we can. Yeah. Do it, so. Anyway, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I know Spencer, you got lots of homework and all that and all that good stuff. Um, hey, have you listened to that uh, Millie Vanilli CD I got for you from uh, Value Village yet, there, Marcus? I don't have a CD. Oh, right. All right. I'll rip it for you and you can listen to the digital files. But uh, yeah, God, God. Millie Vanilli, they're best artists of the year, Grammy in 1990, and then turned out they were lip syncing. Anyway. Wait, wait, hold, who accept, like, did they have to hand over the award to the actual oh, singers? Oh, yeah. yeah. I read the whole Wikipedia entry of it last night. It is, it was insane. You know how many people, guess how many journalists were at their press conference where they admitted that they had been lip syncing and they were giving back their Grammy? A hundred. One. That is the exact right answer. One hundred journalists were there. Yeah, I just don't understand <laughs> why the real singers like. Why can't they just? Well, the funniest part is like one of them's French. There's two guys, yeah. right? Emily Vanilli. One's French, like from France, and one's German. And so, like, they're singing, and it sounds like perfect American style English. Yeah. Yeah. And then they can't. And then as soon as they came to do press in the states, all the reporters are like. I find it hard to believe that those guys can sing that well in English. Yeah. Like they can barely yeah. speak English yeah. and then yeah, they got busted. So but I feel bad for them because it wasn't like it was basically a producer like hired two models that could sort yeah. of sing to like do like, cause they were really good looking at to be yeah. the artist. And then it was a whole odyssey. And then they win the Grammy best new artist that year. And then it's like, now it's a disaster. Now yeah. it's a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. And, and the real reason that the, the sing the real singer got angry. Cause like on the, in the European edition of the CD mm-hmm. and like that they put out or the album, it just had album credits, but it actually said on the American version vocals and it credited the, those guys with vocals. So then it was like, yeah the real singer was like, okay, now you're pushing it. It's like, you yeah. could sort of get away with, like, they're just a dance act. Yeah. And they like, if you just mm-hmm. admitted that they were yeah. lip syncers, maybe they'd be successful yeah. and they could just get away with it. Yeah. But they also had, there was like, a, <laughs> the, one of the performances, the track started skipping like during the guy's vocal part. Yeah. And he was just like, he was trying to act like he was like, well, yeah, well he didn't, he just froze and like ran off the stage and then like they made him go back out and finish the song and the crowd didn't even care. But yeah. it was just like, anyway, we go on. This is not a Millie Vanilli podcast. Um, maybe it should be cause that's pretty funny stuff to talk about. But anyways, fellas, uh, yeah, we've got some, we'll, uh, we'll keep watching the playoffs and we'll, we'll, we'll see you next week. Listeners. See ya. Uh, I got nothing else to say. <laughs> <laughs>